This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hey there. Because you're listening to this podcast, we at Blue Wire want you to know this. One, we freaking love you. And two, we want to learn more about you. Help us make more content you'll love by filling out a survey you can find in the description of this podcast. You'll help us out a ton, and you'll have a chance to win a Blue Wire t-shirt, hoodie, or a pair of AirPods. We appreciate you, hope you're staying safe, and want you to enjoy this podcast. Welcome to Prospects 101, brought to you by our partners, Blue Wire Pods and Bet Online. This is the show where we discuss and analyze football prospects on all levels beyond the industry standard. High school, college, and the NFL draft. You name it, we cover it. You can follow and interact with us on all social media accounts at Prospects101Pod. I'm Kenny Keller, and I'm glad to be joined by urban wine enthusiast, Brandon Glessner. What's up, Gless? Hey, <laughs> hey, what's up? Hey, it was something cool to open up in my neighborhood. So we went and visited yesterday. I didn't realize urban wineries were a thing. <laughs> Anyways, I don't know. I live in I live in the city of Richmond, so I, it was right down the street. So we walked out, had a nice. Hey, day. Do, you, do you got do you got anything to say to Joe Skibeck, our buddy who busted your chops about it? One, I don't know why he's busting my chops about it. I was out drinking alcohol, so I don't know why he was busting a little my chops cab sad. Two. <laughs> I know. You know what? You know what? They sold beer there. I was probably 50-50. I probably had, you know, a good amount of beer, and then I had some wine with it. It was it was a nice little Saturday. You know, a little Home Depot. <laughs> a little Bed Bath & Beyond. I don't know. I don't know if I have enough time. You know what they say. They hate, they hate us because they ain't us. That's right. They hate us because they ain't us. And I'm also joined by quite possibly the worst NBA DraftKings player on the planet, and that's Brandon Pastel. <laughs> I really can't argue that. I needed the season to stop for a little bit because I was losing money week in, week out. <laughs> you, you, you personally funded my bank account there for a while because I think I won like 10 or 11 in a row. Well, the good thing about NASCAR starting is all these little pickums we do, I've been winning a lot of money on that. So that kind of... Refunded my bank account. Yeah, a little bit. I, I was about to say, can we can we talk about that for a second? I'm <laughs> I'm just about out on our NASCAR pick'em. I I won <laughs> one week, and just for all of our listeners out there, like NASCAR has gotten started, but it's been doing it like twice a week. And like for our pick'ems, it's five dollars a driver, so you end up spending like thirty thirty five bucks. 
I haven't won since. I, I am definitely in the red major. I may be out this week because I don't feel like <laughs> And losing. it's not even like the, the winner takes all most of the time. It's usually like, all right, it's your average of your top two to give other people chances if you don't necessarily have the best driver out there. And Glessner still hasn't won anything. <laughs> Gless, I feel Gless, I f- well, I, w- I won one. I, w- I won the first week, Denny Hamlin, but I only won because of a rain That's delay. Right, like that was the only reason why I won. <laughs> um, other than that, I have spectacularly failed. I haven't even won a stage yet. Like none of my drivers have even won a Gless, stage. I feel, I it's feel bad. like you've dra- you've pulled either Matt DiBenedetto or John Hunter Nemechek every drawing, every time. It's the number 34, the number 21 car. It's ridiculous. I'm just like, I get these stupid text messages. What time are we drawing? What time are we drawing? I don't want to draw. I'm so sick of losing, buddy. (laughs) Oh, goodness. That's hilarious. Well, for for those of you who are just tuning in, we're continuing our Conference USA preview week. And what we're doing today is our Conference USA prospects breakdown. It's where we take down prospects all across Conference USA and talk about some of the best ones for the 2021 draft. Now, Pastel, you have the Eastern Conference. So let's kick it off with you. What are some? What's a player that caught your eye? So this is kind of funny. I didn't realize this until actually like studying this game tape, and I realized that Devontae Beckett, the linebacker from Marshall, played at Virginia Tech. Like He transferred from Virginia Tech at one point, um, I think back in 2017, and I didn't even know who this kid was. And I was watching this game. And I'm like, man, this guy's really good. He fills the gaps very good. He's quick. He's good in the pass game. He, he drives through the, the runner on the offensive side of the ball. And he's just an overall good linebacker. Then I kept going. I was like, wait a second. Is that a maroon and orange jersey he has on? And I looked on it. And he's like, oh, man, he used to play Virginia Tech. But he's a very good prospect. Uh, probably the best player on Marshall on the defensive side. He really is a do-it-all linebacker. Uh, the problem with him right now is he's only 5'10". He's only 210 pounds. He's a smaller, undersized guy. But when you watch his game tape, and please go watch his game tape, he's everywhere on the field. He fills the gaps. He knows how to do his pre-stat reads with the quarterback. He, he's always around the football. He can drop back in zone coverage and kind of play that role even as like a middle linebacker. But he, he – I mean, what did he have? He had 115 tackles last year. He had 6.5 tackles for loss, two sacks, and an interception. So kind of really – proves that he can get in the backfield uh he can pass rush when needed which glesson we've talked about this in previous segments i mean we're looking for linebackers now these days that can that can do that can blitz and not even from the outside but from the inside uh so he's kind of one of those linebackers that he can do it all it's just again he he's a little undersized which is why i kind of have him at with that sixth seventh round grade undrafted free agent just because i can't see a, a nfl team drafting him higher than that with that those size limitations at the next level yeah i mean fuck there's there's undersized and then there's Tavante Beckett, you know, five ten, two hundred and ten pounds. I mean, that's that's an average size for a running back, much less a uh, a linebacker. So yeah, that unfortunately his size is gonna play a big factor, but that this sounds like a guy who would be perfect on special teams at the next level. It sounds like he's got a knack for the football and he knows how he's got great instincts and you know, if he can find a spot on special teams, he'll definitely be able to stick around the league for a while. Now, Gless, you drew the west side. What what's a guy that stood out to you initially? Yeah, the guy really jumped off the page for me that I think makes a really great NFL prospect. It's going to be Jordan Smith, the defensive end, kind of rush uh, rush defensive end. Sometimes they could stand him up outside linebacker at UAB. When I looked at the Western Conference, uh, you know, a lot of UABs kept uh, UAB guys kept coming up as far as guys to watch. But <laughs> this guy's got your prototypical size. That's why I think he's going to end up getting drafted. Uh, six seven. 
250 pounds, so he's really long. Um, he uh, has a big-time motor, which I love, and he's really aggressive off the line of scrimmage. Uh, he's also an extremely productive player. Guys, last year he had 17.5 tackle for loss and 10 sacks. So this guy screams uh, probably day two, possibly day three pick, but I think this guy can absolutely play in the NFL. That size, you can't teach it, right? You either have it or you don't. Uh, and then, obviously, his production at the Division One level, I've been extremely impressed with. So, I think Jordan Smith out of UAB is probably one of the one of the first guys that you'll be see, seen taken in the twenty one draft out of the Conference U at uh, Conference. Yeah, USA. and don't forget, he played for or he was uh, a Florida Gator recruit. He signed and played, not played for Florida Gator. He never actually re- registered any stats, but he was a SEC caliber recruit. He signed with them, and he later got dismissed and found his way onto UAB's team. But that just kind of shows that he wasn't one of those smaller prospects out of high school. He was a big-time prospect out of high school, too. Gless, do you, do you project him to be a hand-in-the-ground player at the next level, or, is, or can he do both? Is he going to be able to stand up and play hand-in-the-ground? Um, I, I mean, just kind of depends on what you mean by that. I mean, he can rush, rush from the outside. I think he's kind of a one-trick pony. He's not a guy that's going to – drop back into pass coverage i i don't believe so i think he's a you know he's an edge rusher and that's what he does so whether he puts his hand to the ground or he's a three four outside backer that's going to be coming off that's kind of his role um but i don't see him being very involved as definitely not a hybrid in my opinion i think he's he's kind of that one trick pony he's that that pass rusher copy Sticking with the defensive side of the football and sticking with the d line gless i noticed you had jock west turner on here why don't you tell us a little bit more about him yeah, love him out of Southern Miss. You want to talk about a guy who's been extremely productive as a multiple-year starter at Southern Miss. A uh, little bit undersized, so we talked about Jordan Smith, 6'7". Jacquez Turner is about six foot one, uh, about 255 pounds, so probably needs to fill out a little bit more. I think he's a really uh, productive player, and I really like what I saw on film. The challenge with him is going to be his size. You know, frankly, I, I, I see him being a rotational guy, probably a day three, possibly an un, undrafted free agent kind of kid. But he's a guy that's absolutely going to impact the game every single time Southern Miss's defense is on the field. I really like this film against Auburn and Mississippi State. He's also a really great run defender. Um, he has great spatial awareness. And what I mean by that is when he's in his pass rush, Uh, Being able to understand where the quarterback is, understand where the offensive lineman is, and kind of that relationship so he knows what move to do. Uh, Extremely impressed at how he did that at Southern Miss. Not as as productive as Jordan Smith, only had five and a half sacks last year. Uh, But, you know, he has been a solid rock for that Southern Miss defense. Um, You know, certainly one of their best, if not their best player, on defense, but I think he's a guy that's going to turn a lot of heads when you when you turn when you turn the film on, um, and he certainly plays bigger than that six foot one, two hundred and fifty pound frame. Yeah, and most of those guys you see who are six one like that and and have decent productive college careers, and 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 Elvis Dumerville is one of those guys that comes to mind who was five eleven. Is you they're very situational. Is this a guy you see Gless that's going to just come out probably on third down? They're going to say, "Hey, pin your ears back and go get him." Yeah, I think that's probably it. Could be probably – he's also a quick guy, which is why I like him. He's able to kind of turn the corner really well. I could see him, you know, being in mainly on pass downs as a pass rushing specialist coming through because he'll be a part of a lot of stunts and blitzes to be able to kind of give him kind of free reign to – 
to, to hit a gap and go. So kind of see him being that type of role in the NFL. Uh, I, I don't foresee him being an every down defensive end. Um, and he, he just like Jordan Smith, I think is a, a pass rushing specialist, not necessarily a guy that can drop off and, and, and play, uh, you know, zone coverage or cover a guy out of the backfield. It's not really his game. Um, you know, so I, I, I think he's a nice player. I think he'll be a nice player in the NFL too. Uh, but I think that he'll be situational and certainly a, a pass first um, pass rusher. Yeah, and, and speaking of coverage, I know our next player doesn't really have an issue with playing in, at the safety position. Pastel, why don't you fill us in a little bit on your guy? Yeah, Reed Blankenship. And that, I don't think that's a, any relation to Rodrigo Blankenship from Georgia. Uh, but this guy is the safety from Middle Tennessee State, and he's the best safety in Conference USA. I, I really don't think there's any doubt about it. He's six foot one, just under 200 pounds. He's got phenomenal ball skills. He's a great tackler, and he's extremely athletic. I mean, let's just call it for what it is. There's just not too many white safeties that excel at the NFL level. I mean, you got guys like Harrison Smith and a few other people, but you just don't see the athletic ability too many with safeties out at, up there. And, but he's one of those guys that he is. He's extremely athletic. I think he ran a 4-5 uh, 40 coming out of high school. I mean, dude, check this out. His high school stats – he ran for over 3,200 yards, passed for over 1,000, re- caught over 1,000 yards, had over 46 TDs, and that was on offense. Mind you, he's a safety. On uh, on the defensive side, he had close to 300 tackles and 10 picks. I mean, this guy, just that, that's just kind of show his athleticism. Now, last year, he was second-team All-Conference USA with 58 tackles and two picks, but that's because he only played in seven games. The year before that, which is probably his biggest year, he had 107 tackles, three tackles for losses, four picks, to include a 100-yard uh, interception return against ODU, and he was first team All Conference USA. His freshman year, he was uh, All Conference USA freshman team with 68 tackles and two picks. And again, with this guy, it's just he's kind of that do it all safety. He obviously can tackle. He, I don't think he missed many tackles with his opportunities when they came to him. And then with his ability to just be that ball hawk that we've talked about so many times before, I can see this uh, this guy being probably a fourth, fifth round pick with one more year of game tape if he's, if he's able to duplicate what he's done the last two years. Yeah, it'd be nice to see him get a full season in this year for sure. What are are there any? Are, what are some of the limitations or, or negatives about his game that you'd like to see him clean up this year? So, then that's the thing is, I mean, he, he is very athletic. I think with him, it's he can get overly aggressive occasionally, and that's where you see him – you do see him get beat. And I think it looks like – he doesn't have the athletic ability because he's getting beat occasionally. But really, I think that's just kind of more pre-snap reads or he commits because he's a little bit more aggressive on some underneath routes. Where as a safety, you got to make sure you kind of stay deep. You're the last line of defense. So with him, I think I would like to see a little bit more patience in the pass game to make sure that he doesn't let that X or Y receiver kind of get past them on these deep uh, pass routes. Gotcha. Well, I know if you listen to our Conference USA preview show earlier this week, you heard a little tidbit uh, from Top Dog, our friends at Top Dog Analytics, uh, about offense stinking in Conference USA in 2019 and how it was really a defensive run league. So I don't think it's a surprise that we opened up our prospects uh, breakdown with a bunch of defensive players. But let's pivot to offense a little bit. And Brandon, why don't you kick us off? Who are some of the offensive players that caught your eye? Okay, so Victor Tucker, wide receiver from Charlotte. And Charlotte doesn't have really too many prospects on their team. They, they have maybe one other guy that we'll talk about a little later, but... Victor Tucker is probably their best player on Charlotte. The problem with him, he's only 5'11", 180 pounds. But he's probably, 
as stereotypical of a slot receiver as you can possibly get out there. And he's very effective. I mean, he is an extremely smooth route runner. And the best part about, about him is he gets out of his breaks very, very smooth. It's hard for a cornerback to stay with this guy. Last year, he had just under 1,000 yards. He had about 910 yards receiving with seven TDs. I think he had 52 catches. The year prior to that, he had 54 catches, 712 yards, and two TDs. So kind of you see that possession receiver gets a lot of receptions. Uh, again, and that's in Charlotte's offense, which was pretty explosive last year. But I can see him kind of taking that. Ne- if he can take that next step and really kind of just uh, be that technician that we expect out of for him out of the slot position. And again, I, don't, I hope they don't push him out wide. I think that he just needs to excel in that role that what he is, and that's where he's going to get drafted. And I can see him people putting like a fifth, sixth round grade on him. Uh, just because, I mean, slot receivers are so utilized in today's offenses that a guy like this, his value definitely increases with the way offenses go four or five wide now. Yeah, we've talked uh, previously on other segments about how nickelbacks are, you know, really a part of the base defense anymore and need to be valued closely as much as a boundary corner. Maybe not as much as a do-it-all corner, but we've definitely talked about how that we've raised their their worth in the NFL. And I think slot receivers are the same thing. You know, they're most teams are lining up with three wide receivers out there and, and, and you know, slot play can make a huge, huge difference. Now, Gless, I know we were talking offline and you said this was possibly your favorite player in the conference USA. And that's Jaleon Darden at a North Texas wide receiver. Uh, so sticking with the slot theme, why don't you talk to us more about him? Yeah, I love this kid. I think he's a kind of reminds me a lot of Brandon Cooks at the NFL level. He's really the king, guys, of taking a five-yard out and then just having great yards after the catch because he's so quick and shifty and the ability to get the ball in his hands and make guys miss. Um, I think he's a, a would be an ideal slot receiver in today's NFL. Uh, you know, also an extremely productive player last season at, at North Texas had 12 touchdowns, averaged around 10 yards a catch. And, and a lot of that was we're taking really five yard out routes and then being able to make something out of nothing, which was extremely impressive. His size worries me a little bit. He's about five foot nine, 170. So a little bit of durability concerns and ability to take big hits at the NFL level and be able to do it consistently. Um, but I think the skill set's there. I, I love him as a punt returner as well. He's a guy that can contribute on special teams. Um, and again, he he produced, uh, you know, 76 receptions last last year as well. Uh, again, I, I think of Brandon Cooks when I watched his film. That's what he reminded me of. But I think he's truly a dynamic slot, uh, a slot receiver at the NFL level and a guy that I think is going to have a monster year at North Texas. And it's going to be extremely difficult to stop guys because not, not many guys are going to be able to defend him you know, man-to-man uh, in the slot, kind of running those, you know, five to ten yard out slants. It's going to be very difficult to to get this guy. And I think with a big 2020, he's going to be an absolute steal in the second or third day for an NFL team. Yeah, this guy reminds me a lot of, of Greg Dortch. Uh, I watched – I saw some of this guy's film when I was doing the breakdown for North Texas uh, for our Conference USA shifty. preview. Yeah, extremely. <laughs> extremely shifty. And those guys, there's always going to be a spot on an NFL team – for guys who, with the ball in their hand, can take it to the distance no matter where they touch the ball. So, Jalen Darden, Glessner's favorite. Keep a lookout for him. There is no shortage of action going on at our exclusive partners, betonline.ag. Sports are slowly making their way back, and BetOnline is leading the way with the best odds and lines for all UFC, NASCAR, boxing, and soccer matches. 
And if you need even more, they have simulated NFL, NBA, and UFC simulations all day, every day, live on their website. Looking for something else other than sports? BetOnline has hundreds of casino games, poker tournaments, and prop bets to check out. Visit betonline.ag and use promo code BLUEWIRE for a free welcome bonus. That's one word, BLUEWIRE. BetOnline, your online wagering experts. Now, with any prospect show, it's always hard to ignore the quarterback position. Fair or unfair, they get a lot of the praise or most of the attention and and it's no different here we talk quarterbacks a lot and that's what runs you know nfl teams at the next level pastel were there any quarterbacks that caught your eye in conference usa yeah i think the the easy one and i'm gonna have a trivia question real quick for you guys chris robinson the quarterback for florida atlantic where did he start his college career at can you give me a conference all right uh the big 12 Big 12. Uh, let's go with I'm Baylor. Say Texas. Nope. He was supposed to replace Baker Mayfield wow. at Oklahoma. He was a four-star recruit, I think a top five at pro-style quarterback out of high school. But he got dismissed from Oklahoma for some off-field uh, violations, and then he ended up going to Florida Atlantic under Lane Kiffin and completely has just balled out. He's six foot one, 200 pounds. Last year he had 3,700 yards, passing 28 TDs and six picks with – Almost a 62% completion rate, uh, passing rating. And if you remember, last year they started their opening game against Ohio State. So that's a really good you know, measuring stick to see how a guy like this will play. And this is, mind you, his sophomore year. Now, he completed 65% of his passes with a TD and no picks. And, they, yeah, they lost that game 45-21, but he got sacked four times. Like, the guy had no time to pass the ball and still complete the, his passes 65% of the time. So it kind of just showed, like, he's pretty cool under pressure because he obviously didn't have the greatest line and still was able to make plays, and, and he was accurate. He didn't turn the ball over. And that was kind of just the telltale sign of what was to come for the rest of the season. And that, so they lost the first two games first, Ohio State and then UCF, and then he went 11-1, completely balled out his sophomore year. Now, he, so he's coming in only as a junior. Now, why I have him on here is, one, I think he's the best quarterback in the Conference USA, too, I'm not going to be completely shocked if he leaves uh, Florida Atlantic next year. Now, he won't be a first, second-round pick, but we've seen players in today's modern era, they, they leave school, and they might be a fifth, sixth-round pick. Some of these guys don't even get drafted. It's, it's mind-boggling why they leave school. Uh, but, but this guy, he's extremely accurate. He's athletic enough in the pocket. I mean, you have to be with that offensive line, but he's, he's one of those guys that I like to see at quarterback because he – He's able to avoid pressure and still make throws while keeping his eyes downfield and not just tucking and running it. And I think that's a rare ability. And that's one of the biggest things I look at for quarterbacks is how they handle pressure in the pocket. And that's what I like about Chris Robson. He's, at, he's got a good enough arm. I mean, you, if you watch his highlights, he can throw the ball over 50 yards. The, the thing with him is really his velocity on the intermediate routes. You, you wish he would throw a little bit you know, stronger passes to kind of fight, fit those tighter windows. Now, he can get away with that a little bit in uh, college, but – He's extremely, uh, extremely accurate, and that's what, I, that's what you need in today's offenses. You're looking for accuracy, not necessarily guys that can throw it 60 yards down the field. So I think for him, of the good 2020 game tape, I wouldn't be surprised. I hope he stays for another year, but I wouldn't be surprised if he leaves for the NFL after this year. Yeah, either that or he could be a very good candidate to grad transfer to a bigger P5 program as well, uh, similar to what Jamie Newman did going to Georgia this year. That could very well be his path rather than 
declaring for the draft. But if he has another season like he had last year, I got to imagine he'll get some NFL looks. You, usually, if you're that productive in college, teams will give you a shot to try out for sure. You know, you know the one thing I I, I kind of also didn't like about his game tape. It's not about his game tape. It was about his release, Kenny. And you know, like me and you, we talk about quarterback releases all the time because we like guys with short, quick, high releases. He does have a little bit of that. I won't say Philip Rivers, but it is a low, a lower release, kind of closer to like oh, the yeah. shoulder level. And it, it's an, it's annoying to look at, but yeah. he's still very good. So I'm not going to so hold got it like against him. Like a Tony him. Romo, Kurt Warner type of release. Yeah. It's a little bit, man. It's a little bit, but it hasn't it hasn't impeded his playing ability I yet. I like those guys to be honest. I like throwing the football like that. It's fun, uh, especially the backyard. Oh yeah, it's it's yeah, it's different. Uh, I, I will say, I think this is the only quarterback that we have on either of our list. Correct, Pastel? I know I didn't yeah, have yeah, it, I didn't have a quarterback. I think this is the only guy to keep an eye on from a prospect prospect perspective in Conference USA this year. Yeah. Now there's other guys in Conference USA that are just complete playmakers like they're going to rush for over a thousand yards dual threat but they're not going to make the nfl like right. this is your only i believe nfl talent in conference usa yeah, i think right the now. only other name i saw floating around when i did my research earlier this week um just going over the team preview stuff was southern Miss's quarterback uh jack abraham he was about the only guy i saw and 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 really he needs to clean up a lot of his turnover stuff but other than that it was it was pretty slim pickings on on who could play quarterback at the next level now gless Obviously, quarterbacks, you know, they, they char- they're in charge of the offense. They, they make it go. But a running back can do just as much damage when, when dynamic. Who's your top running back in, in the Conference USA? Yeah, I absolutely love this kid. And I think this kid will get drafted. I think his film's extremely impressive. And that's Justin Henderson out of Louisiana Tech. Uh, all-purpose back, guys. He can really do it all. He can be the bell cow. He can take the ball in an inside zone, put his foot in the ground, and 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 take it to the house. He can also catch. You know, he, he's also a good um, – he can catch the ball out of the backfield, I guess is what I'm trying to say. He had 20 receptions last year for 200 yards. Uh, but, guys, he led Conference USA with 15 rushing touchdowns last year over – over a thousand yards. I love his burst and his quickness when he hits the hole. He'll take he'll take an inside zone play, put his foot in the ground, and be able to get to the second level extremely quick. Um, so I love that initial burst, and then his patience and vision. So being able to kind of let the block set up and be able to kind of pick his way through uh, the off the defensive line and all the linebackers. So extremely impressed with this kid. His production's this there. From the eye test, it's there. The speed is there. The pass catching is there. I, I see this guy as being drafted, and I'd be stunned if he wasn't the MVP of uh, Conference USA this upcoming year. I think he's the most dynamic playmaker for the entire conference, and I think he's a guy that will end up seeing play on Sundays. Yeah, and they're going to need him to step up. Uh my interview with Ben Carlisle, he talked about they're having to break in a new quarterback this year, and they're not exactly sure who it's going to be. They have a, a grad transfer from Abilene Christian. They have a returning uh, starter as well, or not returning starter, but a returning teammate as well. And he's going to have to be the guy who does it all for this team. They have very high expectations at Louisiana Tech. They have a very dynamic offense, and they're going to need to break in that new quarterback. And to help break in a new quarterback, a strong run game is always important. So, Gless, I agree. I, honestly, I think he's probably my favorite prospect in the entire Conference USA. I, I think he's super dynamic. And he's going to follow a long line of Louisiana yeah. Tech running backs who have played in the NFL, too. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Pastel, you'll like this. He was actually a commit to, 
to Cincinnati out of high school, um, but ah, didn't work out. It. So he went to went to <laughs> prep, and then all oh, you also liked is Virginia Tech showed interest in him, but then <laughs> didn't didn't work he's, out there either. So he actually, he's teasing me. Say, say again. Say so he's teasing me. He's teasing me. He is, but he was also the running back that was on Last Chance U. He actually ran for Independence Community College. Um, I love that. Oh, I'm show. sorry. No, no, no. He, he against in Independence Community College. He didn't play for Independence, but he the JUCO that he played for. He was featured in that show. So, <laughs> okay. But uh, yeah. but yeah, he could have gone to Virginia Tech, and uh, surprisingly, he didn't go there. I was so. gonna ask. I was gonna ask. Is, is JMU on that list as well? Let's make it a trifecta. <laughs> Let's just make it a trifecta for Pastel out here. Uh, well, who are so? Those are some of the top prospects we we've noticed that caught our eye when breaking down Conference USA. Pastel, who are some other guys to keep an eye on this year? Yeah, so these are the guys that I don't think necessarily are going to be drafted yet, but with a good some in some cases junior, but most cases senior year, I think they do jump into that conversation. So Keon White from ODU, he's a six foot four, two hundred and seventy pound kid who had 3.5 sacks last year, a fumble, forced fumble, and an INT. He shows good game tape. He's got a good motor. He's pretty consistent throughout his whole entire uh, 2019 film. He just, he just has to get a little bit more explosive, kind of develop that second move, and just be a little bit more of a technician because there's a lot of opportunities that you saw he missed. Like He could have easily had closer to seven sacks if he would have just finished the play or you know uh, just got off his block a little bit quicker. So I think – if he's able to perfect that on the offseason and just be a little bit more better of a technician, develop a second move, watch Keon White from ODU finish next year with closer to nine sacks if he's able to do that. Another guy, Ben DeLuca, safety from Charlotte. He's six foot, 205 pounds. Last year, and this kind of hurt his stock a little bit, is he only played two games last year. When he had two good years in his freshman and sophomore year, it kind of derailed that. And you can't really do that in Conference USA. Like, you kind of need to stay healthy to keep your, your name out there, your game tape alive. But Pro Football Focus loves this guy. This is one of those guys that they had him as like the highest rate freshman safety and coverage ability his freshman year. He shows the ability to coverage, and he, he's only 41 tackles shy of breaking the school's all-time record set by Jeff Gimmel for tackles. So, I mean, obviously he can tackle as well. He, he, he does not miss on his tackles. Very rarely does he let a guy slip past his arms. So I think, I mean, you got a guy like just get, he needs to have another year of good game tape. Do, do what he did his freshman and sophomore year, and you have a very well-rounded safety in Ben DeLuca that can cat, uh, pa- do pass coverage and fill the, the run gap. So, now he's, again, he, there are some other things wrong with this film, and he's definitely not the most athletic safety, so which that's going to, you know, the combine's not going to do him any favors is what I'm saying. But from as far, as far as his game tape, he's pretty good safety. I think one more year he can kind of jump his name to that conversation of the sixth, seventh-round pick. One more guy. Uh, on well, two more guys on offense. Joshua Simon from Western Kentucky. He's six foot five, two hundred and thirty-four pounds. This guy came in as a wide receiver. Now, obviously, with that with that height and that body frame, they packed on some pounds and he turned into a tight end. Last year, he had four hundred and thirty yards receiving and four TDs, with the long being a seventy-seven yard uh, reception. So it kind of shows his speed there in the tight end position that you don't necessarily see at the tight end position. So I think one more year of really developing what is a new position for him at the tight end position and kind of become a better blocker, in-line blocker, then I could see his name kind of potentially draft, jump up there in the draft conversation as well. Now for the offensive line, Deontay uh, DeMary, the offensive tackle from FIU, Florida International. He's six foot five, 320 pounds. Guys, remember, this guy committed to Georgia initially. He was one of the top offensive tackles in the country coming out of high school. He got dismissed from the program, which seems to be a constant theme with some of these guys. 
uh, and he came back, and he's done extremely well for FIU. FIU had one of the best offensive lines in, in the country last year. They, were, they only allowed 14 sacks all year, which is the fifth lowest in the nation. And he was the left tackle. He started 12 games last year, and I think he started 10 the year before that as a sophomore. So this guy is the anchor to one of the best offensive lines in college football. And he's got the size, and he was a highly talented recruit. So I can see him really kind of a name you don't know, but he can absolutely be one of those guys that gets drafted in the later rounds next year with one more game of or one more year of good uh, good game tape. Yeah, I think when you to go back to when you talked about dismissed and stuff, I think a lot of those guys do end up at G five programs. It gives them a good chance to restart, but and it's a great opportunity for G five programs to bring in super talented got kids who are looking for a second chance. I think it's a, a good thing for G five programs and, and hopefully a lot of these kids learn for sure. I think uh, I, I'm really intrigued by Joshua Simon anytime you have a tight end who was a former receiver you know the athletic ability is there obviously you're not sure how his blocking is a lot of these guys who switch from wide receiver to tight end aren't as physical as you know maybe a natural tight end or don't have that same blocking prowess but in today's NFL you know you can run two tight ends have one guy who's a, a great inline blocker and one guy who can just stretch the field or run the seam so I'm sure there's going to be a home for Simon in the NFL for sure if he can continue to improve and continue to show that athletic ability that he had as a wide receiver but now as a tight end now Gless who who are some guys or, or a guy that you you saw that you saw that you want to keep an eye on yeah, I'd keep an eye on this guy because he had such a great 2017 and 2018 season, and that's Spencer Brown, the running back from UAB, uh, six foot two thirty, so certainly a bigger guy. Last year, dealt a lot with injury, right? So, um, you know, really only had 566 yards, five touchdowns, and his average went down. But 2017 guys, <clears throat> as a as a freshman. Uh, 1,300 yards, average 5.3 yards a carry, 10 touchdowns. As a sophomore, he had 1,200 yards, average of 4.5, and, and 16 touchdowns. So you can see that the production, his freshman and sophomore, you were certainly there. Um, injury-ridden season last year, didn't play very much because of it. So I'll be curious to see if he can bounce back. And if he has a great 2020, could certainly be in the conversation with Justin Henderson as the best running back in the league. Now, obviously, he's a bigger guy. He's not. He's certainly not a pass catcher. Um, I think he has 13 total receptions, <laughs> so he's a guy that's <laughs> that's going to get the ball, um, you know, on first and second down and really be the bell cow. Um, but certainly a bigger guy, uh, pretty durable, um, with with some exception to what happened last year, but extremely productive college season so far he was the mvp of the uh, conference usa championship game in 2018 if he can stay healthy i think that this guy will be should be taking a look at at the next level uh simply because of his size and the ability to really bang it inside um and and be a physical back because that's what he is and he's extremely difficult to take down because he's you know six foot 230 right i mean he's a big he's dude a so load. uh definitely a guy yeah, he's a load. He's definitely got to keep an eye on. Um, again, like I said, with a big 2020, man, I, I could see him being up there, Justin Henderson, with you know being the top two running backs taken from Conference USA. Yeah, and he's already, what's interesting, he's already the top career rushing leader for UAB. He's the number one guy, so he's looking to put some distance in the record books this year. And that's pretty impressive when you think of guys like Joe Webb, Jordan Howard, Darren Reeves, all these guys who have come through the program the last pretty much decade – 
you know, decade and a half, UAB's had some great running back talent. He's the number one guy. So it's going to be interesting to see what he does at the next level. He's obviously a two down guy. He's not going to be a, he's, he's not going to be on the field on third down or obvious passing situations, but if he can prove to be a good pass blocker and prove that he can have a lot of yards after contact at the next level, then there's definitely going to be a spot for him on an NFL team. You're always looking for a guy who can punch it yep. in from short too. So Definitely six six foot two thirty. He'll get a look, and if he can run with it, he'll have a nice career in the NFL. So, well, that wraps up a lot of the prospects for Conference USA. Make sure you keep an eye on these on these kids when you tune into these games this year. Conference USA is a super talented conference, and it's going to be really exciting to see it play out. There's going to be a lot of parity and a lot of strong teams in the league this year. Now, what I want to pivot to is our prospects to know, get to know a prospect, and we do this. Every episode, regardless of the position or conference we're talking about, it's our prospect that we want to highlight and kind of bring the spotlight on and talk about what they could be at the next level. And the prospect I picked this week was Warren Jackson, wide receiver out of Colorado State. Guys, this guy is 6'6", 219 pounds, and has an mm. it has awesome game film. You know, he had 77 catches for 1,119 yards and eight touchdowns last year, and he's been steadily more productive each year as freshman, sophomore to junior season at Colorado State. And what I thought was really impressive is not only does he do well in Mountain West Conference play, but then his freshman season in 2017, he absolutely mossed Alabama in the opening game of the season twice. Like, just you know, it was awesome, man, which is funny because they were his only two touchdowns that year. He only had 15 catches for 265 yards and two touchdowns his freshman season. But those were the two touchdowns against Alabama. It was awesome. I mean, he's got great catch. Mm. He's got great catch radius. He's not super athletic. And, and you know, most guys who are 6'6", at the, you know, they're never going to be the most athletic, shiftiest players. He's not a guy who's going to have amazing yards after the catch. He's not going to juke six guys out of their shoes and take it to the house. But he's a guy who can break a couple arm tackles and go to the house. He's got enough speed. He's probably going to run in that four five five four six five range, and he's probably more of a day two, late day two, early day three type of prospect. But when you're in the when you're in the NFL, you got a guy who's six six, who's two hundred and twenty pounds, and is coordinated enough. Like he goes and gets the ball. A lot of those guys you see, they just it seems like they're almost kind of like newborn giraffes. They're very you know their arms aren't very great. Exactly, <laughs> alligator so arms. They just don't have the baby giraffe. Exactly, they just don't have the best coordination. As weird as that sounds, because they're NFL players and high level college football players. But they just they, they they tend to have a lot of consistency a lot of inconsistency with drops, and so this guy does it though. That was the one thing that stood out to me on this film. This guy gets his hands to the ball, catches everything away from his body, goes and gets it. Like he has very 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 elite ball skills in my opinion. Probably some of the best in the country. And like I said, unfortunately he's just a little limited athletically, and I think that's going to hurt him a little bit. But he's going to follow in line with a ton of a ton of great Colorado state receivers. I mean, if you think about some of the guys who've come out the last couple of years, Rashard Higgins, Michael Gallup, Ola B.C. Johnson, and Preston Williams, all guys playing at the next level, and he's definitely going to be the next guy from Colorado State. So watch out for Warren Jackson this year. He's gonna If he gets a full season, in it, which he hasn't played yet a full season, if he plays a full season, his stock is really going to rise because he's going to be super productive at Colorado State. You know who he reminds me of is Alden Tate out of Florida State University because he's one of those guys. He was 6'6", about 225 pounds, and all he did was really just get jump balls. And, and, and Alden Tate has found himself a, a position in the NFL purely for that reason. 
So I think it's kind of, you know, similar, you know, a player comp for anybody else out there that wants to look at an NFL talent. I think that's someone he definitely compares to. You can't to. coach size, guys. Cannot. You can't coach size. You're six six. somebody's going to take a chance on you. Exactly. And, I mean, there's yeah, there's just not many six six guys, especially receivers out there who in the league, like you said, Pastel, you mentioned Alden Tate. And, and I'm sure there's maybe one or two other guys. But if he can find a spot on a team and, and be a consistent red zone threat, you always earn a paycheck in the NFL, that's for sure. Well, that wraps up today's Conference USA Prospect Breakdown. As always, you can follow and interact with the show on social media, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, at Prospects101Pod. And we're always posting throughout the week, and we love to hear the feedback of our fans. You can also listen to us on your favorite podcast platform, whether that's iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, anything you listen to your podcasts on, we're on it. Subscribe to stay up to date with all our episodes, a lot of great interviews upcoming, more great content, and make sure to give us a five-star review. We appreciate you spreading the word. And as a reminder, take the survey we have listed in the description. It takes about 60 seconds to fill out and will help us and Blue Wire continue to deliver amazing content to you. Also, when you fill out the survey, you will be entered to win AirPods or other Blue Wire merch. Like I said, take 60 seconds and it will really help us out a lot. As always... Have a great week. For, I'm Kenny Keller for Brandon Glessner and for Brandon Pastel. See you later.